Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Thank you, Ty. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, I, me and Cammie made a, a flying trip to Texas on Wednesday. Uh, my, I'd ask y'all to be in prayer for my stepdad as he starts some chemo and radiation. And so to make things easier for them, we went and got their healer dogs and brought them back to stay with us for a little while so they could concentrate on on Jerry's health. And uh, so we got down there and uh, got to got to see some family and got to see some friends. One of those friends is the guy that I talk about a lot named Ralph and getting to sit down with them old cowboys is just always special and I never take it for granted. But there's a new element to my visiting with Ralph and that new element is Cammy. And Ralph uh, has been around dogs his entire life, has made his living literally with the training of dogs and from in, in a bunch of different arenas of life. And so listening to Cammie and Ralph just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth is just, it's really magical. And I like to just sit back like a, like, like I'm at the U.S. Open, right? Just watch the volleys back and forth. And it's amazing the things that you can learn. And it was kind of funny that earlier in that day, I was out at Kinosa at our ranch. And my cousin asked me that lives out there, he said, well, he said, you made a flying trip to Texas. Do you have your sermon ready? And I said, nope. He said, what are you going to do? And I said, trust God, he's been giving me one for 15 years and I doubt he'll stop this week. And so that night we're sitting at, at, at Ralph's and, and Cammie and him are talking and uh, Cammie was talking about an area of training that, that she had uh not been able to experience. And anyway, Ralph made a comment, man, and I just felt the Holy Spirit. It really was like like a little bit of a brush, like boom, there it was right there. And he, it was just one statement. He didn't mean anything by it godly. They were talking about dogs, but that's how God uses. He kind of speaks my language with dogs and horses and cowboying and stuff like that. But th this is what he said. This is a paraphrase. So Ralph, I know you're listening. And if I don't get it just right, you know, I'm sorry. He said, most cowboys talking about having Catahoula dogs and stuff like that. That's what he had. He said, most cowboys aren't good. Uh, don't have good dogs. He said, most cowboys don't have good dogs because they ain't lazy enough to have good dogs. Did you catch that? He said, most cowboys ain't good dog guys because they're not lazy enough to be good dog guys. And what he meant by that is he said they want to jump in way too soon and do what the dog should be doing. And you got to let those dogs get in there and make the mistake and fix the mistake and everything before you step in. Most cowboys ain't lazy enough to have good dogs to let them do it. That spurred me to thinking 
of a story in the Bible about Mary and Martha. Now, Mary and Martha kind of play a prominent role in, in the life and ministry, the three-year ministry of Jesus. Now, they weren't necessarily disciples of Jesus. It was Mary and Martha who were twins. Do you know that I'm married to a twin? And my mom is an identical twin. Her name is Martha. Do you want to guess what her twin sister's name is? That's it, Mary. Mary and Martha. And anyway, they play a really prominent role in the ministry of Jesus, but they're not one of his disciples. They're his friends. It's Mary and Martha and their brother named Lazarus. Now, most people know the story of Lazarus because he ends up dying and Jesus brings him back to life, right? But there's another time you hear of Jesus sneaking away to Bethany, to where Mary and Martha and Lazarus live. And there's a, there's a cool story in there that Jesus comes to relax at the house and, um, Martha jumps up because the teacher is there. The teacher is right by and she's in the kitchen and boy, she's a huffing and a puffing and she wants everything to be just right and everything. And she looks in there and Mary is just sitting there talking to Jesus. So she pops her and I'm kind of making some stuff up, but you know, it kind of went like this. You know, she's like, uh, Mary, could you come in and help me please? And Mary's like, yeah, in a minute. And she's sitting there talking to Jesus and Mary's getting huffy. I mean, Martha's getting huffy, right? Because she's in there working like a sled dog, trying to get everything just perfect and everything. And Mary's not doing anything but being lazy in there, sitting on her hiney, talking to Jesus. So finally, Martha has had enough. She stomps in there like the Karen that she is. First biblical evidence of acting like a Karen is Martha, not you, Mom, the other one. I ain't going to do it. You thought I was going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I can do it. So no, anyway. So Martha runs in there acting like a Karen, and she tells Jesus. I mean, she just flat out throws her under the bus. Right? You tell Mary to get her hiney in there and help me in the kitchen. And Jesus looks at her and says, "You know what, Martha? Of the two of you, Mary has chosen correctly, not you. Because I'm only going to be here for a little while." And she has chosen to sit with me while I'm still here. Man, I bet that was looked at by Martha as lazy Christianity, right? I mean, Jesus comes and you just sit on your butt. Don't do anything. Just sit there and listen. Man, the, the problem with today's day and age is that especially in America, especially in America, we have this American dream that says, if you work hard enough, if you get the right education, if you do this and you do that, you will be successful. And that's a load of caca. Because I know people, I know some people that's worked hard their entire lives and they were the best people in the world and didn't have nothing, right? But Especially in America, we have this idea that hard work produces results and that bleeds over into our Christianity. Because I don't think that most Christians 
are lazy enough to have a good relationship with God. They're more, I think most professed followers, authentic followers of Christ are more like Martha in their faith than Mary. Today, that's what we'll be talking about is lazy Christianity, but I'm saying that it's a counterintuitive approach to learning how to wait on God. Let's look at it. How do we, why did I say that that, what Ralph said, spoke to me? Because I think a lot of times we're not lazy enough to have a good relationship with God or let him work through us. We always jump in way too soon. Now, what do I mean by jumping in way too soon? We're like, oh God, if you'll only do this for me. And instead of waiting for God to do that, what do we do? We jump right in there and start on it, right? Why is that a problem? Why is jumping in too soon a problem? Well, here's a couple of reasons. Number one, the first reason that it's bad to jump in front of God is because then there's a confusion. Who gets the credit? I mean, let's say that you said, you know what, God, I, I want to have a new horse. And so instead of just saving every month, you go out and you start selling everything and you sell everything and you sell everything till you have enough money for a new horse and then you go buy the new horse. Are you going to give the credit for, to God for giving you a new horse or credit for yourself? Most of the time, see, what we'll do is we'll take the credit for ourselves. When we jump in way too soon, how do we even know that God provided it? I mean, we can have the little, oh, God provides everything that I have. Yeah, that's real nice and sentimental. But, you know, most of us don't have that thought every single day of giving God the credit. And here's why that's a problem. Because, quite frankly, God doesn't want to share the credit with you. And that's not a bad thing. He wants to do things for you. And through you, that there is no mistake whatsoever. It was God doing it. But when you jump in way too soon and you start doing everything, at the end of the journey, you usually end up saying that you did all the work. Our human nature, our ego, and our pride will push God to the side and elevate ourselves. That's why jumping in way too soon is a problem. The other reason that jumping in way too soon is a big problem and we need to learn to have a little bit more lazy Christianity and wait on God is subtler but has a more drastic impact. The reason that we shouldn't jump in front of God is that when we jump in front of him and we start doing it, we don't know what yes and no from God sounds like. I mean, if we're not quiet and in a place that we, you know, we ask for something or we want to do something and we pray about it, when we jump in way too soon, we're sticking our fingers in our ears and we don't really know whether God said yes or no. And the reason that that's a problem is because a lot of people, instead of truly listening to God, they make, they make jumps where they shouldn't make jumps. What do I mean by that? 
The other day, Cammie and I were scrolling through documentaries on Netflix or something like that, and there was a Bigfoot one, you know, searching for Bigfoot. So I turned it on, and I watched about 30 minutes of it, and it was the silliest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was, and here's why I say it was silly. So they're walking along, and this one guy says, hang on, everybody. And everybody hangs on. And he goes, do y'all see that? And they're like, yeah. And it was like, it was a crack in the bark, right? It was just a crack in the bark. And they're like, that's about the size of a Bigfoot hand. He walked up here and he scratched the bark. And then somebody saw some leaves on the ground and they're like, yeah. And he walked over here and rustled these leaves up. And then he went this way. And it's like there was no proof any of that happened. But every time they saw something, they imagined that it was fact. And so at the of the program, they kind of did what I'm doing here. Well, what did we learn today? We learned that Bigfoot puts his hand up on trees and can crack, can crack the bark, and then he wipes his hand off on these bushes, and then he goes this direction. Man, a lot of people have that same mentality when they're praying. What do I mean by that? It's this. They start imagining what it would be like if God said yes. You pray for something and you start imagining, man, if God does this for me, you know, if he says yes, and we like the outcome, right? That's why we're praying for it. So we start thinking that because we imagined what our lives would be like with God saying yes, that he's going to say yes, just because it's a good idea for us. That's the problem with jumping in front of God is that we don't slow down long enough to listen to whether God says yes or no. Some people imagine what it's going to be like if God says no. And they automatically think because they imagined it that God is saying that, that they're saying no. And it's not true. It's not true at all. What we might think of as lazy Christianity and letting God do everything for us might be closer to authentic Christianity than just saying, you know what? I'm going to go out here and do this, and when it reaches a part, a part that I have trouble with, then I'm going to ask God to step in just to get me over the hump so I can take the credit for the rest of this stuff. Right? It's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. So, what have we learned so far? We've learned not to get in front of God. Man, wait on Him. Wait on Him. Make sure that it's Him doing it. What a greater testimony for God to say, there is no way on earth that I could have had this done by myself. I prayed for it and God delivered it. Right? And I'm not saying that we got to sit there on our butts and, well, I'm not going to go to work because I prayed for a salary without working. Okay, of course not. You know, we're, we're, we're grown people, right? But the second problem that that creates is that we end up just fixing problems instead of learning from them, okay? And I came up with this cool little cowboy parable. Watch this. It's a story of a cowboy patching a water tank. He patches it. It's full of water. It's leaking. He goes over there. He slaps a patch on it and holds on to it for about five minutes Takes his hand off, it doesn't leak. He's like, rock on. Walks over there, 
lights him up a congratulatory cigarette. About halfway through the cigarette, the patch goes boop, and pops off. He throws the cigarettes down and he goes over there. He gets another patch and he does everything and he holds it on there for 10 minutes. There we go. Yeah, everything's good. He walks over there, goes to his truck, gets him another cigarette, lights it. About halfway through it, the patch goes boop, and pops off. Ah, he goes over there, he gets another one. And he does this two more times. And after the fourth time, water's going everywhere. The jigger boss shows up and he says, what's going on here? The jigger boss said, you were so, f oh, well, he says, I've been putting this patch on here. And every time I put it on, it comes off. He said, well, how long did you wait? He said, man, I waited 20 minutes. He said, well, what happened? He said, well, after every time I went and smoked a cigarette, it came off. He said, the patches must be bad. The jigger boss said, oh, the patches aren't bad. You're focusing on fixing the problem instead of learning from it. He said, well, what do I need to learn from it? He said that you need to quit cigarettes for 22 minutes. He said, how many cigarettes did it take you to figure that out? He said, one. I read the directions. You see what I'm getting at? A lot of people just focus on the problem instead of learning from them. We focus on problems instead of learning from it by dwelling on the problem. Listen, we've all got problems in our lives, right? But they do not define us but when we jump in front of God and we become way overactive, we start dwelling and over... I mean, I know I'm the only one that overthinks their faith, right? Right? Yeah, I'm the only one that... We dwell on stuff that we can't change. You know, we want to beat ourselves up by having regrets to the point that it starts affecting you. You can't do anything about anything in the past, but you can do something about moving forward. We can't jump in front of God because when we jump in front of God, we start focusing on the problem instead of learning from it, of learning to repent and move forward. Part of repentance isn't just turning from sin, but going towards God. And you can't do that by dwelling on things in the past. The other reason that it's bad to focus on the problem instead of learning from it is this right here. It's because a lot of times we start thinking that God is mad at us when things don't work out like we wanted. We think God is mad at us. You know, fixing problems doesn't mean that God caused them. And a lot of times I hear people say, you know, well, I've been praying about this and everything and well, God must hate me. Listen, man, that's focusing on the problem. And that is a result of focusing on a problem instead of learning from it, is that you start thinking that God is against you somehow. And that is the furthest, most horrible lie that has ever been uttered because God is absolutely 100% for you. As a matter of fact, he has done all that is required apart from our belief in him. 
He has done everything else. That is why he said on the cross, it is done. And then before he comes back the second time from heaven, he will say it again. It is done and he's going to come back and set everything right. Don't jump in front of God. You know, cowboys, I know you because I am one of you. And sometimes we use our cowboy mentality of something isn't working, we should just do it more. <laughs> you know, this ain't working. Well, what should we do? Let's work harder at what doesn't work, <laughs> right? That's kind of our mentality. And unfortunately, that bleeds over into our faith. Man, give God time. You might call it lazy Christianity, but I think that our work ethic has been perverted by the devil and that we put way too much stock in what we can accomplish and not nearly, not even close to the amount that God does. So what's the end result of all of this? Well, the end result of it is to do what we've said all along. Learn to wait on God. It's not lazy Christianity. By waiting on God, you learn to hear his voice. And if you haven't heard anything up to this point, maybe listen to this. How do we wait on God and hear his voice? Three things. And I'll leave you with this. First one, chill out. <laughs> chill out. Have you ever noticed that us as especially Americans and us as cowboys, we're always like, well, how's things going? Oh, man, it's been tough. You know, just, man, I'm just tired. You know, been working, 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 been working. And then when we have a chance to relax, what do we do? Work. We work. Man, learn to chill out a little bit, okay? Learn to, I'm not saying chill out for six days and work one, okay? But learn to chill out a little bit and just learn to listen to God. And if he's not saying anything, do it like everybody's got one of them old mentors that you didn't have to say anything with. Just chill out a little bit. The second thing that we can do to learn to wait on God and to hear his voice is to be more persistent in prayer. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And then some of you are like, well, I did ask. Oh, yeah, how many times? Did you keep asking until it was done or just until you thought God was saying no? Maybe he was waiting on that 22nd minute or that 22nd time. We'll give up on our prayers. Be persistent in prayer. Chill out. Be persistent in prayer. And let me tell you, Nearly guaranteed to get every one of your prayers answered. I'm going to tell you how. Ready? Here it is. It's deep. If you want what God wants, every one of your prayers will be answered. Right? If you want the same things God wants, your prayers will be answered. It's not hard, and it's definitely not lazy 
Christianity. It's just a counterintuitive approach to learning how to wait on God and hear his voice. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for the message that you've given us today. God, let us go out today and and just learn to chill out a little bit. And maybe we need to learn to chill out a little bit every single day. Just take a step back. Learn to wait on you and listen to the sound of your voice. God, we ask for it. We ask for wisdom. We ask for patience. And we know that all of those things come at a great price and they're hard lessons to learn. But let us quit shying away from the hard things and learn what we need to so we can grow closer to you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. See y'all next week. The cowboy has molded and shaped our country by the sweat of his brow and his faith in God. Slowly, his way of life has been labeled as outdated and obsolete, if that wasn't enough. Religion has tried to change his view of the God he experiences every day. The rough hands of the carpenter's son have been replaced with silver tongues and promises of an easy life. But the cowboy knows better. His way of life is slowly dying. No longer do people keep their word. No longer is a handshake all you need. He searches for men who act like men and ladies who act like ladies. He is one in a thousand and he needs your help. For just $35 a month, which is one one thousandth of the average yearly salary, you can be part of saving the cowboy's heritage, saving the cowboy's faith, and his livelihood. You too can help Save the Cowboy. Just text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977 and be a part of something extraordinary.